That's I'm now recording. I just need to have a look and see uh, what songs. Do you know? So I came down to the the brewery tonight so yeah. that I could play your records. Yeah. And then I realised, but wait a minute, I haven't I haven't brought any records. So. But it's okay yeah, because we're doing it all by MP3s. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to forty six thirty. Stephen's here. Well, he, where are you, Stephen? You're in your brewery. Yeah. Um, I loved um, that beer that you uh, that I got from you at the weekend. Oh, good, thanks. Yeah, it was very nice indeed. Four pints for twelve quid. So it's like a, it's like sort of a cheap, cheap pub price, I'd say. Yeah, it is definitely, um, and it's not, freshly poured. Not as cheap as um, co-op, of course. You can yeah, you can definitely go there and get evil beer if you want. Evil beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ha the has been in pretty much up oh, until geez. up until last week. It's been really hot here, and it's been you know suntan lotion hot. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying this to you, Stephen. I'm saying it to the listener. No, but, I, know, I got um, But the has been in, James. You know, like on the way down tonight, yeah, uh, driving from Crail down to St Monans. I stopped and got a packet of fruit pastels. Okay, that's a bag of I chips, thought... ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that, is, oh, no. that is Stephen's language for a bag of chips. <laughs> no, I stopped and got a packet of fruit pastels because I thought, I need to, I salad, need to try though, and it? G myself up. Well, that was my pudding. Um, <laughs> and I needed to G myself up because I thought that that's three days so far of really, it's quite a thick car as well. It's yeah, not it's like a, it's not a light one. It's a very thick car. We can't see the islands off the coast or anything like that. Yeah. We can't see over to Lothian or anywhere. We've not seen sunlight for three days. No, I suppose we haven't. No, <laughs> it's it's not it's not it's not good for you. Oh, it's okay. No, I suppose it's not. Did you see Did you see the dolphins today? No, I haven't seen anything. Like all I can see is I can see <laughs> all the you can see is the heart. <laughs> Well, I mean, apparently the, the dolphins are out uh, out near Pitt and Weem, but I didn't see them at all. Well, but you, know, I, you know where I am just now. I'm, so I'm yeah, upstairs in the brewery. Yeah, um, yeah. And looking out the window, I can't see New York Castle. All right, okay. Well, looking out the window, I can't see Edinburgh Castle. Wow. But you should then, move close to Edinburgh then. Uh, yeah, then I never can, obviously. <laughs> um we went went for a long walk tonight, a long walk uh, this afternoon with uh, one of my children. And uh, when we looked out to sea, there was a, a very small patch of sea that was being uh, absolutely overloaded with seabirds. So those gulls and then those cormorants. And then the exciting thing was there was, there was gannets, massive, massive gannets. And they were coming down and they weren't diving into the water. They were sitting on top of the water and just picking whatever it was out. We think it was sand eels. We don't know what it was. But there was about maybe 50 birds in a tiny little area. Mm. It was very exciting to see. And we continued on our walk. We came back about 45 minutes later. And they were still there, though we didn't see any gannets on the way back. Are there, are there sand eels along there? Yeah, well, there must be. Well, I'm guessing there is because that's, that's my... If there isn't, then my guess is completely wrong. Oh, okay. Well, the reason I was asking was because um, I was talking to one of the fish, well, David Lowry, the, the fish people just around the corner. Oh, yeah, And they yeah. were talking about um, the Dutch fleets in the 1970s um, overfishing and 
overfishing and taking away the sand deals, which were feed for other things, and oh, that right, damaged okay. the the uh, what's the it's not called microclimate. What's it called? Ecosystem. Ecosystem. That's it. I knew it was something like that. I don't think they'd invented the ecosystem back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, they didn't realise that what they were doing, obviously. Yeah, because I think if people realised that overfishing was a bad thing, they probably wouldn't do it. No, because they still do it now. I suppose actually, it's funny when I'm in London. I was saying this to some people the other day. When I'm in London, it's the only part of the world where people call me Jimmy. <laughs> 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 no one calls me Jimmy in Scotland or anywhere else. But when you're in London, all of a sudden everyone's. All right, Jimmy. <laughs> what the freak are you, do you doing? Get, so I got called Stevie in London. Oh, really? Or oh, Steve-o. Steve-o, oh, right, I Steve-o. turned down the volume. <laughs> oh, well, that makes me feel a bit better. If it's just friendly nicknames, that's all right, though. Yeah, it's just names that you wouldn't normally you wouldn't normally use. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say uh, Jimmy. <laughs> Hey Jimmy, we Jimmy Well, my, it was okay because my mate Paddy from Ireland was there, and my mate Taffy from Cardiff. So it was the three of us together. You know? <laughs> um, shall we play some music? Um, yeah, I'm going to play a track which uh, I sent you the wrong track. It's a track called um, Smorgasbord, and it's from an, an album by a band called or a guy called. Under Medvetten Hetten, or something, yeah. which is obviously uh, it's a Swedish thing that I can't understand. And it's the guy who used to be in Morganodon. Was it what were they called? Morganodon. Do you know that Mo- band? I do know who you mean. Yeah, there's a Scottish guy. Yeah, yeah. Or was it John Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not but this sure. Is, the file is called Under Medvetten Hetten, yeah. and, and the song is called Under Medvetten Hetten. Yeah, but I sent you the wrong. Yeah, but I sent you the wrong song. (laughs) That's the thing. The song I wanted to play is this next one, which is called Smorgasbord, and it's it's um, eight minutes long, listener. But um, but you know you'll be okay. And then the stuff at the end, and then a lot of the other tracks I've got to play are much shorter, so it makes sense. But anyway, this has made it this far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They heard the thing about your fruit pastels being your salad. Okay, so here, here's here, here's the track. Who is it? Who is it, Stephen? It's Undermed Vettenhetten. Okay, great. With smorgasbord. Here we go. Thank <laughs> you. 
So, yeah, that was that was that band that Stephen said a few times. Uh, I'm just going to... I got that from Bandcamp. Um, is it new? It is new, and it's coming out on uh, Lost Map Records. And it's uh, Sweden-based John B. McKenna. Scotland-born, Sweden-based. And it comes out on June the 12th. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. That was That's good. The reason... Uh, I, I ordered the vinyl of it is because it's got the ass, the ho- the ass making noises on it, which uh, which I think drones and uh, a braying ass. That's uh, it's a great record for me. So they're two of the things you're known for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey man, who's that braying ass guy? Who's that guy who loves the braying ass? Oh, you mean Jim Yorks? You mean Jimmy? You mean Jimmy Yorkston? Read Jimmy Yorkston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen many people today, have you noticed? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I've not actually spoken to anyone. Did you have a little drink there? I did have a little drink, yeah. Do you know the mistake I made? What was that? Well, because of the heart, I had to drive. All oh, right, so you so can't drink. I'm down here and I can't even have a drink. Well, that's good that you're not drinking and driving. That's certainly good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Paul is listening to this. But you never know. You never know. So have you been up to anything, Stephen? Uh, I brewed this week. Or we brewing. brewed this week, anyway. So, same type of beer that that I had, or a different one? No, you won't like this one. Okay, uh, why is that? It's, it's, a hot, it's actually, do you know, it's a very similar malt bill very similar beer but it's a hoppier version of the that one so um, yeah i don't yeah, like I the don't, hoppy stuff at all you know that no i don't think you like this one but it was it was a useful one for us to experiment with so how many beers um, can you make at a time one right okay <laughs> it took you a while to work that out <laughs> a while to count that high do you know? Do you remember that? You know the two big. There's two big vessels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the fermentation vessels. So when you make the beer, you put it in one of them, and then um, you leave it to ferment for a period, and then to condition it, you move it to the other one. Okay. So once it's in the other one, we can then make another beer. So okay. at the end of the end of this this week that we're in, we can brew again and make another beer. And how long does it? How long can it stay in the the second cask for before it goes off? The conditioning tank it will stay there for probably about a week, ten days, two weeks. And then where and do you then, put it? Uh, and then we'll keg it. Oh, and the right, kegs okay. actually the kegs arrive today. So then it sits in kegs for um, a, a period to condition as well. And does the flavour change when you do that? It improves, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but. We, this is going to sound quite stupid, but we bought some kegs this week yeah, to fill. Yeah. And we're thinking, oh, I don't know why we haven't done this before. We've been renting kegs and sending them back. Now, the reason we were renting them and sending them back is because they take the dirty ones and take them away and clean them and they send you fresh ones back. (laughs) (laughs) And the problem that we have now is that we just bought a pallet worth of kegs. And we don't have a cleaning facility for them, so we have yeah. to buy a, a keg washer now. And you have to, 
you clean them and then you have to pressurize the inside of them as well. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you have to get they have to be totally clean, don't they? Yep. Yep. So So is that expensive? Is a keg washer an expensive piece of equipment? Yeah, it's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> the kegs are expensive enough, but the keg washer is really expensive. Yeah. Oh great, great. Well done. So I haven't didn't really think that one through. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, jings. Um, well, oh. I've ordered a a new nickel harper. Oh, have you? And Why? I ordered I ordered it when the money was coming in before lockdown. Oh. So uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing when I get the bill for that. But oh, you've not paid for it yet? No, but it's a it's a proper one. It's a nice proper one. But it's a uh, it, it's quite the one you use just now is an old one. Is it? Yeah, the one I use right now was made in the nineteen eighties by. Uh, by uh, just an enthusiast, an amateur. He wasn't a, uh, an instrument maker, a luthier. He was just a guy. Mm. Um, and it's great, and I love it, but it's only got three playable strings. The fourth is a drone. Um, so I've been looking around for one which is which has got uh, the fourth playable string. Mm. And I've tried maybe half a dozen around the UK and in Sweden when I've met up with people and, you know, we've played along. And there was this is the only one that I've found that I've that has the same deep uh, tone as my own one. Oh. So I, I phoned up the guy and asked him, and of course he was only speaking French, so I had to do it by email. Uh, so I've ordered one from him, yeah. Oh, you should have got me on. I could have got you on, yeah, absolutely. And then he uh, would have sent it over with, uh, a, with a... Shadol and Nicole Hapa. <laughs> we but, yeah, get to a string... But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, I've, I think by then um, uh, I'll be like the new Elton John or something. So I'll have enough money to pay for it. Yeah, That's I'd like you to start for. dressing like Elton John. Um, right, I'm going to play a song. Uh, I'll just see what there is. Um, it's yeah, okay. This one is called "Holding On." I was. I don't know if I played it before or not. It's holding on by Terry Callier, um, and it has. I think uh, it's my. It's my favorite. Um, my favorite sound to make a mix around where you have um, things like this and Roberta Flack and Ladies of the Eighties and uh, Roy Ayers and that kind of summery really kind of dreamy hazy soul um and it also has one of my favorite lines of any song in it which i, I can't remember obviously but it's the <laughs> one about <laughs> the um standing in the unemployment line and sugar that's the longest damn line in town i think it's a great line no that is a good line yeah yeah uh yeah so this is terry callier and holding on the love was made for a summer day a chance for two 
Walking hand in hand to the picture show A grooving to the sound of music from your stereo If it wasn't for the things you do to me I might lose a hold on my sanity I just want to stop and drift a while And melt into the sweetness of your smile Because I'm holding on to your love Well, I'm Now my money's short, but the hustle is long All around the world, the heat is on Your tenderness helps to cool out some of the strife Oh, you make such a difference in my life And I spent the day with a friend of mine We were standing in Unemployment line Sugar, that's the longest Damn line in town But even crap like that Can't keep me down Now I'm holding on To your love Well I'm holding on To your sweet, sweet Now you got what it takes to make my soul unwind Well, I'm holding on, well, I'm holding on You're my sweet release, I don't in my peace of mind Well, I'm holding on, and I'm I'm going to sound very ignorant saying this and uh, the first soul music I heard was um, people like uh, Wet 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 and Simply Red mm. and uh, I absolutely cannot stand those bands really? Uh, yeah because I was very much very much into punk rock when I started hearing that kind of music 
And but you I just thought to Angel Eyes or Temptation. I just thought it was a sweet little mystery. <laughs> I just thought it was very, very, very bad music. Like it had no interest for me at all. So when yeah. when I started hearing people like Al Green and Terry Callier, it it took me a long time to uh, to um, get to a point where I could like it <laughs> because it just reminded me of of this music that I considered and consider caca. <laughs> so, so that, that but you know, the simply you know the guy from Simply Red. Yeah, I don't know what his involvement was, but he was really involved in Blood and Fire. Yeah, he he totally uh, he funded Blood and Fire, which is did amazing. He? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's it's incredible. You know, I think it's incredible that he did that. Blood and Fire, if you don't know, they were um, a Roots and Dub reissue label. Um, about twenty five years ago, they started. No, how old am I? Yeah, about 25 years ago they started. Mm. And uh, they put out some incredible stuff, Burning Spear, King Tubby, all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, who else did they did that? Um, I'm just trying to think which ones. I've got um, albums by Keith Hudson. Keith Hudson, of Prince course. Prince Jeremy. Yeah. There's loads of stuff that they, they put out that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, they were very good. It, it, was, it was simply that sort of uh, uh, pop chart soul or whatever you'd call it i don't know mm. i just i just couldn't get my head around it at all i wouldn't even if if i think of the word soul it, i don't think wet, wet wet or simply red would even come into my yeah it would be a long time before they so what if i was how, listing out soul things so what would you what would you class them as like genre wise don't just say poo or something like that no um but it's it's I don't know. It's a kind of eighties. Oh, I don't know. I I don't I don't I wouldn't think of them as soul bands though. Right. Okay. I, I guess maybe they think of themselves as soul bands though, but I had never even considered that. Oh, that's interesting. But I, I guess, guess I, I um because wait 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 I know wait 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 obviously because I ha I think I had um yeah you know, definitely had their first album on cassette. But they recorded in Memphis as well, so they obviously considered themselves as a bit of a soul band. Oh, man, I mean, I'm not having a go at them at all. I mean, it's just, it's not music that's for me. That's, that's it. But uh, No, I don't think anybody is expecting you to like Wait, Wait, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I'll be up after them if, if they are. <laughs> I'm not, so I'm gonna, I'll play some dub them. This is Bab, um, Badder Dub which is um, it's from one of my favourite ever um, dub reggae records, which is Rupee Edwards meets King Tubby. And here we go, this is Badder Dub.
you go. Bad a dub there. Rupee Edwards and the King Tubby All Stars or something. Rupee Edwards All Stars. King Tubby yeah. Mixes. That's the one. Do you know that record, Stephen? No, I don't, but I like it. Yeah, it's very good, isn't it? It's uh it's quite a drum and bassy one, even though it's it's a very old album, but it's got a great use of um, delays and things. And it's also a very tuneful thing. It's got a load of clatter in it, and I love clatter mm. noises. I love a uh, um, delay which isn't in time, which is tripping over things. And it's got all, all sorts of that, as well as just little peaks of the tune um, shining through, which I very I just much like. Dub music, though, is just this... I don't know. It's just this whole world of music that... Um, like the, it sounds weird to say, but you know when you see the the version, it never, it doesn't relate at all to the vocal version, the dub no. version. No, it's no, a completely it's different just genre rhythm. of music, yeah, but the most, same rhythm. Yeah, it's the same rhythm really, but everything else is. If you're lucky, everything else is different. But then I bought some like, when I was living in Edinburgh, I was dubbed mad, and I was I'd buy anything I could, especially if it had like King Tubby on it or uh, Prince mm. Farai. And I remember buying a Prince Farai one with a dub version, and all they're done, literally all they're done, is taking his voice off. Mm. Which was infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially when you don't have that much money and you, you, you know, you spend your week's money on a, a Prince Fire album you've never seen and it's just, what? That's just an instrumental version, right? Yeah, yeah, an uh, instrumental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, So I got an order, to, I did an order for a, uh, a pre order for an album this week. Oh, yeah. Another one on Philophone. Oh, yeah. Philophone. It's the Zonky family. Um, now, you'll definitely know more about this than me, but it's some kind of maybe like a thumb piano or something. Oh, yeah, the Mabira. Yeah, probably. Okay. That is that the, the, the instrument? The well, it's one of the names it's got, but I mean, it as an instrument, it, it's they've been they're from all over the place, so they haven't got just one mm. name. It's, it's basically it's if you don't know which you will know it because it's a very famous it's like a little wooden box mostly although it can be put on tin cans and like petrol yeah. cans and then they bend nails or something they flatten nails down and bend them over through a bit of metal and then it plays in tune they've got them in the museum in edinburgh yeah you know yeah. In that first floor bit where you can go and play the instruments yeah um anyway so i sent you two songs so either of them Okay. There's either Wako Nadako or Mambi Makati. Okay, well let's let's hear this then. Oh, my God. 
Okay, well, that's the Zonki family. I'm just reading about them here. It says, um, are they from Mozambique? Is that correct? Um, I don't know. I think that this is recorded in Germany. Right, okay, okay. Um, my beer is a, they're great instruments to hold and play. They, they send, when you're playing them, they send tiny little vibrations through the wrists. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's quite therapeutic. If you can get the right one, you know. I've always fancied making myself one, actually. But I've never got around to it. Well, <laughs> I mean, you should just now, then. Just... No, I'm doing other stuff, man. I'm doing other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, so I was just looking to see where that was recorded, and it is, I think it's recorded in Germany. Right. But, but actually, mm, it's difficult to tell. It's it's on the Philophone sub label, which is Lokolophone, which is um, they've been setting up this amazing studio in Kumasi, in Ghana. Um, oh yeah, the, you mentioned that. You mentioned coast. that. Yeah. So th- th- this is, is on that label. So it's but then it's saying the country of release is Germany. So it's difficult to tell where it's where it's from. It's not out yet. I don't know when it comes out actually. So did you order it in vinyl? Yes. And how many copies yeah. did you order? Two. One for the shop, one for you. Yeah, one for the oh. shop that will never open. Oh, it'll open soon enough. Because coronavirus has been cured now. So it's bound to open soon enough. Well, if Primark's open. <laughs> People have got to buy clothes. Primark's one of those ones, ma'am. It's an extremely cheap clothes shop, but for some people, that's... That's where you, they have to shop, you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, I think I was the one to which annoyed being me. Interviewed outside it today though, and they were just. It was people who were really excited going because they just wanted to do something different. Yeah. Well, not everyone has has had our our luxury, um, Stephen. Mm. You know, I've been on the beach every day. I've mm. been walking along the coast every day um i've been in the forest been looking at the birds just uh and i've been working i've got i've got my little studio and uh mm. and uh, i've had i've loved the lockdown you know i'm absolutely seeing less people um, have you have you recorded anything over the period yeah i've recorded a ton of stuff man really and i've been writing a load of stuff as well so yeah i mean the, the, there's no there's no problem at all I was going to say the problem is there's something else in the way, but there's no problem at all. But there is already a finished record ready to come out. It's just getting mastered at the moment. Mm. Um, so the stuff which I'm writing now won't come out for probably a year or something. But it's... Uh, no, I've, I've absolutely loved it. And I've loved having a, a decent piano to play and like spend time on. And, mm. and, um, and I haven't missed the airports. 
you know, and I haven't missed that <laughs> nine. I haven't missed that ninety-minute cab ride to the airport. And you may think, oh, you shouldn't get a cab, you. But if I otherwise, it's like, if I go on public transport, it's like three or four hours. Mm. I haven't missed any of that at all. You know, I've I've loved being at home, loved being with the family. So, but yeah. So anyway, I can't blame the people going for Primark because imagine a lot of the people they've had completely different experiences than yeah. us. You know. Yeah, that's um, I mean, you've been in your office, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, it's been fine. And brewing lager, and brewing beer, sorry. Mm. And going up and down and being outside, yeah. looking at caves, walking we on are, beaches. We are yeah. at Cape Lee Caves today, right? Uh, no, Constant Constantine's Cave. Oh, right, okay. Up, up beyond Fife Ness, up at the top bit where King Constantine was supposedly yeah. bludgeoned to death. Yeah, I've heard of that, but I've never been in. It's a nice cave. Oh, well, good. Good for you. <laughs> it's not um, as big as Capely. Oh, is it not as big as Capely? No, uh, nowhere near as big. Um, I was thinking today it might be fun, but I decided not to. If to to print up a, a fake um, planning permission application sign for a drive through McDonald's and put mm-hmm. it... Uh, Put it at Kill Rennie Woods, <laughs> <laughs> which, if anyone knows, will know that is nowhere near anywhere except Kill Rennie. You wouldn't be driving through to get anywhere, you know. All there is there is the woods. Um, but then uh, my wee boy said to me, uh, "But Dada, it is only old grannies who come here," and I just thought it'd be funny for me to do it. But then if it'd be old grannies, imagine if they got to kill Rennie Woods to walk their dog and then they read a thing saying four yeah, story would, four yeah. story McDonald's takeaway. They'd be furious and they'd probably be really upset. So yeah, I'm not gonna if do you were it. if you put stuff about big neon lights. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it, okay Stephen? Twenty four hour underground car park disco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hitman and her nightclub. See if somebody from McDonald's happens to be listening oh, no, they and won't. they get the idea. They won't. The thing is, you know why there's not McDonald's in St. Andrews? It's because there's not enough people living in the town. So they haven't put one in, apparently, oh, really? because of the because the student population comes and goes. It's the best thing about St. Andrews is that it doesn't have McDonald's. I mean, we've got all those, we've got Subway and we've got, what's those other horrible ones? Um, the cost, is it Costa? Coffee? Yep, Starbucks a, coffee. Yeah. Terrible places, man. Actually, you're right. There is only the only the only um chain takeaway place there is a subway. Um I'm gonna play an Ennio Morricone tune. It's from The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. And it's a scene in The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, which I think is an amazing film, though I haven't watched it for years, where um one of the guys, one of the soldiers, not the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, a sort of background soldier gets taken away and tortured and it's a horrible scene but the band is playing in the background so the rest of the soldiers can't hear this guy being taken away and tortured and you don't hear you don't see the guy getting beaten up or anything like that you just hear this music being played by the band with the occasional in the background it's a very moving scene uh so it's called um the Story of a Soldier, and it's by Ennio Morricone. 
Do you know that music, Stephen? No, I, I haven't seen the film for ages. Just I was just thinking about what, that when you were saying about um, you hadn't seen it for a while. It is films that are quite a weird one in that you can have a memory of a film being good when it turns out it's not actually that good. Yeah, <laughs> especially with films that you get into when you're 15. Yeah, and then you I watch remember them. recommending uh, Higher Learning with Ice Cube to a friend <laughs> saying it's a great film it's not a great film <laughs> I, don't, I don't know Higher Learning with Ice Cube I don't know that um, uh, I think I've probably recommended quite a lot of not very good films that I watched uh, as a teenager yeah um, that yeah well we all do don't we really although um, um, we re-watched The Godfather the other day and that is incredible I've never seen that oh I've never seen any of those ones, any of the of those Robert De Niro films. The first, Godfather 1 and 2 are really, really beautiful films. I saw the one recently, actually. I said I've never seen any of them, but it was with, um, it was like the four-hour one, and everyone was talking about how long it was long. Was it called The Irishman? Oh, The Irishman, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and um, the director, whose name is... Scorsese. Scorsese. He was on the telly saying, make sure you watch it in the cinema, dudes. Because, you know, this isn't a sort of uh, laptop film. This is a widescreen film. And watch it in one sitting. So I downloaded it illegally onto my phone and watched it over three or four days whilst training around mm. the UK. So it was, it was more like episodes of The Irishman. But I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty good, you know. On your phone? On my phone, yeah. <laughs> but I was I was looking quite closely at my phone, you know. <laughs> I, I had it I was reading the paper. <laughs> I had it right up in front of my face. So it was like I was at the cinema. 
I'm going to play. I'm going to play a song from um, label mates of yours. Who's that? Uh, villagers. Great, great. Okay, play it. Becoming a jackal. I think oh, it's amazing. from their first out al- first album. It's a really just a lovely song though. Okay. And and um, I was looking at the songs on my computer the other day that I hadn't. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've listened to this for ten years. Um, and I played it. I thought, oh, I did. I did really like them. the most familiar wounds. Every implement was leading to you and your homely sense of disarray. Never once the same. Always rearranged, but things would never change. In the scene between the window frame, where the jackals preyed on every soul, where they tied you to a pole and stripped you of your clothes. I was a dreamer. Staring out windows Out onto the main street Cause that's where the dream goes And each time they found fresh meat to chew I would turn away and return to you You would offer me your unmade bed Feed me till I'm fed Read me till I'm red But when the morning came You would catch me at the window again In an eyes wide open sleeping state Staring into space With no look upon my face I was a dreamer few times have you it's not nice. for not for maybe not for maybe maybe as much as 10 years you know 
But I met him when his when the album came out on Domino, and then I met him a wee bit later, and got drinking with him and his management. I mm. know uh, I thought he was a lovely wee guy, and uh, just listen to that again there. It's surprising how much he sounds like Kenny. Oh, did you not think that? No, I hadn't even thought of that. I I I've really listened to it and think about it. Uh, no, I think it's it's a great song. I, I mean. Mm. Domino are such a good label, man. They've got so many great acts on, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's, and he's one of the ones that I'm just delighted to be sharing a label with him and um, John Hopkins and Seamus Fogarty, and you know, there's so many of them, you know. Yeah. But it's a, it's a pretty impressive roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good band, but I think I think I don't know if I'm right in saying. Actually, there probably there probably is a whole band behind him, but I, I got the impression that he was like the dude, you know. Well, I think, uh, it, it, yeah, it's like you when you have people playing with you as well. It's the same thing. Like he's yeah. he's the the center of the band, the lyricist, yeah, 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 and the singer, and then other people play with him. I think. Yeah. No, it's a great song. I remember hearing that for the first time. I remember Harriet Domino sent it to me before he had signed. He sent me the demo of it. I think. And said, "Oh, what do you think of this?" And I remember thinking, "Wow, that's a really good song." So that, it's one of those songs that I don't know if he if he spent a long time over it or if it just came out of nowhere. Mm. But it sound it's got that uh, that free kind of flow that feels as though it came out of nowhere, mm. which I think with any art is hugely valuable. You know, it's a it's a great thing if 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 what you're looking at or listening to seems effortless and just just natural and wonderful, then it's. Uh, that's a great thing because I know how uh, clumbersome it can be sculpting songs sometimes. You know, it's the last thing you want to do, really. You want the songs to just come out like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't want it to sound labored. No, labored. That's the word. Yeah. Clumbersome. Cumbersome. That's another word. That's good. <laughs> no, I thought you said clumbersome. Oh, did I say clumbersome? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if that's a real word or not. I thought it was a good word. <laughs> clumbersome. <laughs> Well, what what could it be? It's a cross between clumsy and cumbersome. Yeah, and cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a real word. It's just that you. It's like uh, uh, you just don't know it yet because you're behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play another Irish one quickly. This is uh, uh, Nell Galvin, and it's a it's a tune called "Oh Hag, You Have Killed Me." Oh yeah. Stephen, I, I really liked it. I, I like the the title. You like that title, yeah. That um, I can't remember where I got that from. Uh, it's it's quite unique fiddle playing, as you could could have heard. And uh, I remember being on tour with Seamus Fogarty, 
and I was listening to it loads. You know, I was really into the record and I was mm. listening to it loads and he he couldn't get it at all. He didn't get it one bit. He didn't know what was going on. Because it it's quite a noise. It's quite a noise that she's making. Mm. And were you playing it over and over again? Well, not that one song, but the album. <laughs> the album, but you still, know. playing that over and over again in a car. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's touring, man. It's 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 you need these things to keep you to stop you getting too clumbersome. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've got any other songs, by the way. Yeah, have you do. Oh, yeah, you, I have. Oh, you, yeah. you've got that really okay. long one, the beautiful one with the lady singing. Right. Okay. This. Yeah. This is uh, Michaela McVeigh. Um, Are you mine? From and I played I played you something from that Run with the Moon album before, but this is another song from it. Uh, it's really, just really great.
take what I like I love that. I love that. I think that was a, a very beautiful piece of music, and it, it fitted uh, it fitted in well in my eardrums or something. <laughs> so you're going to be selling that in your shop? Um, yeah, I've actually I've got five copies coming. Really, on mm-hmm. vinyl? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, they did a. F- they did a fanzine as well, written by the bands involved, which I ordered, um, but I told them not to send it because I, I then I, I realised actually what am I going to do with the fanzine? So, yeah, but I ordered to get the records. But you know, somebody might be really into it. Somebody might want to come along, like and be with a fan. You know, a fan of the thing. They may want the zine. I remember touring with Huckleberry once and most of the venues had zero people in or like maybe two or three people and one guy came along and he was totally into it you know he had totally got the whole uh, the whole uh, he'd fallen for it you know so maybe somebody would have liked your fancy (laughs) yeah but your your brother can't come to every um... (laughs) (laughs) oh dear Uh, I saw one of my brothers actually because of the lockdown restrictions. I saw one of my brothers, which is nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, have have you did they see how people did things on the first weekend of lockdown restrictions lifting? Yeah, yeah. Are folks still doing things? 
Um, it's still pretty quiet here, but I imagine we'll get invaded quite soon. Because it, well, it felt to me like people did things that one weekend and then went, uh, okay, we're not sure. Well, you know what I thought? I thought they were gonna, we were going to have two weeks off and then the, it was going to go back up. Mm-hmm. And then the death rate was going to go back up and then we'd get shut down again. So that first weekend, we were keen to do something. But we didn't do anything really. We just went to Primark. And it wasn't open. No, <laughs> it wasn't open. No, we didn't go to Primark. I'll be honest with you. The the joke that I always say on stage when I'm um, gigging is um, I'm I'm wearing clothes from Primark. And the reason I'm wearing clothes from Primark is because I sweat quite a lot and these were made in a sweatshop. And everyone laughs. They go, ho, ho, ho. And then I say the second reason I'm wearing clothes from Primark is because I miss my children when I'm on tour and these were made by children. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll have to come up with a new joke now. If if we ever get to do gigs again, I'll have to come up with a new joke somehow. About sweatshops, About children sweatshops. working in sweatshops. Um, so I was working with a guy called Max Cooper. Do you know Max Cooper, the electronic guy? Yeah, so I I thought I recognised the name, but then um, I don't know if I do. Well... I didn't know much about him, but now I know a little bit about him because uh, I had a track on his last album uh, where I was talking on top of some some kind of noises he was making with his machines. And this was another one I did with him, and it's a track called Repetition. And he sent me a, he sent me a sort of uh, info sheet about what the album was in his mind because it's all electronic music. Oh, no, there's a couple of other people on it, but I haven't actually been sent a copy, so I haven't heard it. Um, what album is it that you were on this yearning for the infinite yeah that's the one and I'm on a track called um, uh, well I call it a droplet falls but he may have called it something else are are you looking at it right now on the internet yeah I can't see it doesn't um, don't worry about it too much you're on uh, one called a fleeting life a fleeting life so that's the one that made it and, but, and it's, it's a really short one. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. It's really good. I, I'm I'm very pleased with what I wrote for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's only two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but did he cut the, did he cut out the longer version? No. This is what I'm going to play now. Is another one that I did for him called Repetition, which he's which he's put out separately on a different EP, and ah. he's released the spoken version. So it's not on the official album, which is a bit annoying. But then it's really lit. Li- lyric heavy and mm-hmm. I can see why he would leave it off a mostly electronica album so this is a track I did with Max Cooper or he did and then he asked me to speak on and it's called Repetition and this is the 3D version which I don't quite understand but I think it means it's a little easier if you wear if you listen to it whilst you're wearing your headphones 3D, 3D glasses 3D glasses anyway here we go badly 
Feet slowly sink.
yeah, I love doing stuff like that when people ask me. But then sometimes they just send you a real duff piece of music and you, there's nothing. No, to I thought do. that was really good though. It worked really well. Yeah, yeah. And he makes incredible videos as well. Not Max, but the people he has making videos for him. So yeah, look up the other one. The other one's called A Fleeting Life and it's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm happy with it. What label is he on? I wouldn't know that. What are the, what uh, are the big labels? EMI? Um, I don't know. I don't know what mesh. label he's on. Mesh. It was a great project to be involved with. Um, it's funny because I didn't really know anything about it. I did these two tracks and then he said, oh, I'm doing a launch at, um, at the Barbican. And I love playing at the Barbican because it's a beautiful room to play. So I wrote him, a, I, wrote, I replied and said, oh, I can come down and do the vocals if you want. And he was very sweet, very kind. He said, oh, no, we're not. It's not really that sort of thing. I'll be kind of hidden away to the side of the stage. It's not really like a gig gig. And I thought, OK, that makes sense. And then I saw footage of it, and it's just like this incredible light show and film show. And if I had suddenly walked up and started chatting away, I would have looked like a Hello, total wallet. I'm Jimmy. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, right here for Zelladyk. Have you heard of that Linton Quasi Johnson? <laughs> Does he live in London? Can I find him? Does he live with that Jack Brown somewhere? Aye. But anyway, so a good, a lovely project to be part of, uh, and yeah, I'll have to noise them up and get a copy of the album. The no, vinyl. it's not. It's not. It's well. The, it looks like it's a digital only release. Oh really? Yeah. From yeah on well on Discogs it's it's listed as a digital only, but it may be. Uh, it's maybe available. Oh well, I thought three. I thought it's on the three D reworks zero zero one. Oh yeah, the three D thing is is only digital, but I think the actual album where I have the fleeting life on, I think that is yeah that that's a physical one, but the the one that you the, just played, I think, is digital. That's the one I should try and get hold of. And who else is on that one? Is it is it one of the people from Banana Rama or something? Um. Well, you normally do you not. You only ever do things with people from from Bananarama, yeah. Bananarama, scripted. It's, it's someone like that. There's, there's somebody. No, it's Alison Moy. Oh yeah, Alison Moy, incredible voice. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'd love to hear that one. So mm. I hope she's, I hope she's chatting as well. I hope he got her to do a chatty <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try and get a copy of that. Uh, if forty six thirty ever gets back to playing vinyl in front of each other again, then I'll try and get a copy for that. There's another one. Okay. Um, I think we're maybe coming to the end. I've played that one. I'm just just really quickly right now, whilst you're looking that up, I'm going to play Mathematics by Rashid Fanin. Here we go.
Oh yeah, I like this. What it, this sounded? Um, the guy's doing the thing that Sohel does. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing. He's um, he was a guy. Rashid was a guy who, when I first started doing the J Wright present stuff before it became James Yorkston, Rashid turned up at my house to audition as the guitar player in the band. Mm-hmm. But he was doing that sort of free jazz stuff that you just heard. So it was it was quite weird. You know, I was playing the very sort of simple songs and he was just going... And uh, then he, he was a Russian guy and then he disappeared and I don't know what's happened to him since, but I've still got his CD and I love his CD. I listen to it loads mm. now. Um, so when is that from? So I signed to Domino in 2001, so... I would say it's. I'd say he gave it to me in two thousand, maybe ninety nine. Oh, okay. And he was. He used to play in uh, Whistle Binkies quite a lot in Edinburgh. Mm. He used to do sort of free shows in Whistle Binkies. Oh, I used to go there with my pal Joe. That's right, Joe. That's right. Of course, Whistle Binkies was named after him, wasn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Joe Whistlebinky. <laughs> Um, um, but I, I don't. I've never found anything else by him, so I don't know what else. Don't know what else he's been up to. Um, I'll I've tell you what. One other. Oh, one, one other one to, to play. Well, I was just going to play another one by Rashid Fanin since we're on. Uh, okay. Okay, I'll play Elizabeth. This one's Elizabeth, who at the time was his partner. Thank you. 
There you go. Pretty good, eh? Yeah. Good. Sorry, what were we going to play? Um, Pablo Picasso by The Modern Lovers. Oh, uh, yeah. Here we go.
So that came out, that was recorded when? Was that from the 71 sessions or the 73 sessions? Um, yeah, I think it's the second. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, it's. I think it's from the session, the John Cale sessions. Right, okay. So that I think they were the earlier ones. Or or were they, was it, um, were they not? Oh, no, I can't, I can't remember. remember. It was one or t'other, wasn't it? I don't mm. think John Cale was the first the first guy to record him. I don't think that's that's right, but he may have been. Because they did a few sessions around there. One of those albums is made up of, of uh, the two sessions, basically, isn't it? Because they didn't come out till... Yeah. It wasn't released until 76. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so that one uh, is on the the album that came out in 76. So this is the... This is the John Cale ones. Right. Um, but the rec- it was recorded in 72. And then the other album, which are um, is recorded in 73, is the one that was Kim Fowley, which was the, called The Original Modern Lovers. But it was actually the second lot of sessions. And when did that come out? And that came out in 81. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both I mean, great records. They're great records, though. They're both amazing. But they just, they didn't. They didn't manage that all very well at all. No, no. <laughs> they they let them brew, but I mean they're included in all these lists as the best ever albums and stuff. Yeah. the the first The first Modern Lovers had one of the guys from Talking Heads in, right? Mm-hmm. Jerry Harrison. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, he would have been pleased with that. Going have those two great bands on his CV. You know. Do you know? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. Because all of the music magazines just now, like Uncut and Mojo, have had Talking Heads articles. And um, you've played a Talking Heads song a couple of times. It's a really good yeah. one. And I've, yeah. I was thinking about the fact that I only had one Talking Heads album. And I had, you know, um, when you were talking about people like Wet, Wet, Wet and Simply Red. Yeah. So I rejected Talking Heads as... Because of that, uh, is it maybe once in a lifetime or something? Ah, nice. Um, uh, Anyway, I rejected Talking Heads as being, they felt to me like Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind of music that I just, I I didn't like at all. Yeah. But, But I think I probably need to go back and listen to those Early Talking Heads albums. What did you think because of David read Bowie? About them, they sound amazing. What did you think of David Bowie when you were that age? Uh, well, I had Ziggy Stardust from quite an early age from right, uh, okay. my, from my uncle, so that was what I knew of David Bowie. I didn't, I didn't the the eighties, the dancing in the streets and the eighties stuff was quite strange. See, that's the that's the first stuff I heard by him, and it pretty much put me off pretty much put yeah. me off him all the way until his last two albums well we've spoken about this we've definitely spoken about this because i've we've played oh, yeah because you like black star yeah yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. It, apart from the stuff you played oh right no i really like it yeah but there was a documentary on him on the tv last night or the night before and it was interesting he can't he can't he's obviously i mean it's gonna sound like a daft thing to say but david bowie was obviously an interesting character you know <laughs> But you know, it's kind of analysis I do. But imagine if he'd imagine if he'd, the first thing I knew of him was he'd come into my parents' house and he was sick on the floor. I'd just be thinking, I don't like that guy at all. Yeah, but that's kind of what I thought of those songs, "Dancing yeah. in the Street" and uh, 
Let's Dance and uh, what was the other terrible one from that one? And even the um, sort of fashion songs. Absolute like, Beginners. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about it. We shouldn't talk about Wet, Wet, Wet and Simply Red and that period, David Bowie. We should just talk about the positive things that we like. Mm. Like the Modern Lovers. Hey, so so are the, have you got those Talking Heads albums? That, no. Uh, remain in Light and... Oh, yeah, I've got them. They're uh, up in the attic somewhere, but I haven't listened to them for a long time. I'm going to try and find them. And but you know, Jonathan, not in your attic. But I'm going to try and find them and listen to them. <laughs> no, you can't come. <gasps> oh, and, you... James. Yes. What? Last week we were talking about towns, towns Van Zant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought a CD. Yeah. So that I could um, make the MP3 and send you the songs. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't. The CD burner that I bought didn't work. Oh, that's not good. But yeah, the album's incredible. Okay, absolutely incredible. The song, the song, um, well, there's two songs near the the last two songs on it. I, I listened to on repeat in the kitchen the other day. And this what were song, they? Rake, uh, and it's the album's called Delta Mama Blues. Um, I'll try and get the CD burner to work and and send you the file. But uh, okay. incredible. Oh well, that's very exciting news. Uh, I, I've, he's one of those guys I've been looking for a way in. You know. Mm. An entry point, you know. I've um, I've supported Jonathan Richman a few times. He's been great. Oh, have you? Yeah, like really good, really good. Are you a fan of his? I mean, of his new his newer stuff. I don't know the newer stuff at all. Really, you don't know any of his solo stuff? No, no, nothing. I only know those first two. Yeah, the first two Modern Lovers albums. Man, his 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 solo stuff from like eighty eight onwards. That was the last time he used the modern lover's name, right? I think um, it's there's some brilliant, incredible songs. Just really? uh, yeah, he's really good, really good. Um, I'll see if I can dig something out for next week. Yeah, great. Um, well, this has been quite a long forty six thirty, but that's good, right? That's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm going to play one last one to finish. I'm going to play one of my favorite songs from the. Last Linton Crazy Johnson album oh. <laughs> called Hurricane Blues. Um, but we won't say goodbye. Oh, no, we can say goodbye. It's all right. Um, but that's it. Well, I hope you have a good week, Stephen. You too. And uh, bless you all. This is Hurricane Blues by Linton Crazy Johnson. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Riding sublime through love, lavish terrain 
Lush and green and bright after the rain Shimmering with glittering eyes Glowing in the glare of the smiling sun Salted feet, some eyes in say it too late. 